Dave. Thanks for listening to the Business of Fun podcast. I am extremely rusty at doing these introductions because I have not done nearly any in the last couple weeks. And that is because, like a lot of you, I'm trying to figure out what and how and where everything's going after the pandemic. Um, But more importantly, what's going on with you? Send me an email at my name, Dave, at DaveWakeman.com. Let me know how you're doing. Um, I know that right now we're dealing with a lot of uncertainty, a lot of apprehension. Um, You know, people just don't know what's going to happen. A lot of ideas floating around. No one knows for sure. Um, Plus, it's just like a heavy, heavy thing to have to deal with. So send me an email. Let me know how you're doing. Um, You know, over the next couple days, I've got a few uh, podcasts that I'm going to drop in here, mainly with webinars that I've been doing to try to add value, create value, really give me something to do during the pandemic um, that I think you'll find interesting. The first one is today is What Matters in Tickets Now. It was an ebook that I did with Book and Protect um, shortly before the things started to go into shutdown mode. Uh, so we did a webinar uh, to test out this new webinar platform that I've been using called Webinar Ninja. Um, I like it. It seems to work pretty well for people. Um, so this is a pretty good conversation that I had back and forth with people. It covers some key insights, some key takeaways, um, some key ideas. It may seem a little bit crazy now in the context of the coronavirus, but actually some of the people that we talked to to for the ebook, their point of view and their ideas are still, if not as relevant, even more relevant than they were before the pandemic and the shutdown started. So check that out. Um, you know, coming for, coming out of this now, starting around June 1st, because today is the 29th of May, I'm going to start trying to turn all of my attention on what's next. Um, I've been doing some thought thinking before even this happened about what all of this stuff meant for me. Um, and I'll, if you check my blog at DaveWakeman.com, there'll probably be some more stuff that starts on June 1st. But I'm going to focus a lot on strategy, marketing, and innovation, which I don't think is any different than what I've done before. I am just going to present some stuff in different ways. But don't worry, I'll still be doing the podcast. There will be conversations, and I'm going to try to do two a week. One with someone who's definitely in tickets, and then somebody, sometimes one a week with someone who's definitely not in tickets. Um, because uh, we're we're going to need all the ideas we can get to recover from these thing from this thing. Um, we're going to need new thinking, new ideas, um, a greater ability to embrace uncertainty. Which I think after the last couple of weeks, we all have gotten a lot more comfortable dealing with uncertainty. Um, but we're going to need you know each other too. So there's a couple things to remind you to check out before I let fly with the audio from the webinar, and that's uh, make sure you check out the Booking Protect website and get a copy of the full What Matters in Tickets Now. It's uh, still a great document, and there's a lot of great ideas and a lot of great thoughts from some really, really smart folks, um, you know, like Kat Spencer from Booking Protect, um, Angela Higgins from the Ticketing Professionals Conference in Australia, uh, Joe Michelle, her partner, um, me, <laughs> uh, Andrew Thomas from the Ticketing Professionals Conference, uh, just Richard Howell, like really, really great things. You will also probably want to check out the We Will Recover website. You can go there at wewillrecover.live. This is a organization, a concept that was sort of started in the heads of Martin Gameltoff and 
uh, from Activity Stream. Um, so I, they've asked me to be a part of it and help them out with content, ideas, things like this. I'm happy to do it. Um, we're putting together some really great partnerships, and we're doing some really cool stuff over there. So go to wewillrecover.live and find out. And maybe the best way to keep in touch with me right now is to get my Talking Tickets newsletter that comes out each Friday with five top stories from the week with a little analysis from me, some action items or some ways to approach the thing. You can get that by going to my website. That's DaveWakeman.com. There's a Talking Tickets tab, or you can send me an email, DaveDaveWakeman.com, and ask me to put you on the list, and I will. Um, again, there's going to be a quite a few of these because I'm just going to take all the webinars I've done over the last eight or ten weeks, and I'm going to put the audio up in the podcast feed. Um, and then starting on Monday or so, I'm going to start to do regular podcasts again. And we're going to talk about recovery. We're going to talk about innovation, marketing, and strategy. Um, if you need anything, I'm here for you. So don't hesitate to send me an email, dave at davewakeman.com. Okay? I hope everybody's safe, sound, and as secure as possible. I'll talk to all of y'all soon. I'm a, since this is a new tool that I am trying out for the first time today, I'm going to try to use all of the fun features that we have. So there is a chat box. There's also a, some polls. So I'm going to ask a question in the poll. Um, so keep an eye out for that. That will be there in about 30 seconds or so. And just to give you a little heads up, it was going to be what was the most important insight or idea you gained from the ebook. What matters in ticketing now? And so the three options I'm going to give you are experience, technology, or something else. And you can let give me the, the answer in the chat. So you should see the poll is live right now. also adding a special offer so and I'll be curious to see how this works for everybody but good morning Larry how are you it's 9.58 a.m. We're going to give this about a couple more minutes before we get started. Um, but please feel free to use the chat, hang out, connect with everybody.
Good morning, Richard. All right, the offer, we'll revisit this offer. But there is, a, I have added a poll. And the question I'm asking in the poll so I can get the full functionality of this new uh, webinar platform is what was the most important insight or idea you gained from the ebook? What matters in ticketing now? I gave three options that one's experience, one's technology, and one is something else with the addition of let me know in the chat. So if you got a second, scroll down to the bottom of the page and check that out. Let me know what you think in the, po in the poll. Um, it is now 10 o'clock in the morning. I am going to start this webinar in about um, a minute or so. While I'm here, let me add, have you visited the Booking Protect blog so that you can get the web, the ebook, What Matters in Ticketing Now? And there are, as most of you probably know, over 40 thought leaders from around the world who were kind enough and generous enough to share their ideas, their thoughts, their insights with us and made us, allowed us the opportunity to create a really beautiful ebook uh, that people have found uh, great, um, and very useful and very exciting. Um, I see my friend Ian is now here, so that's very exciting. I mean, now it's a party, we can get started. Uh, I'm gonna give everybody about 30 seconds or so before we get started. Um, and unless I do something wrong, this will be going live later so that you will be able to have a link and you'll be able to share this. I'm also going to see if there's a feasibility of posting this to my podcast, The Business of Fun, which hopefully you listen to already. Um, but it is on all of the major podcast platforms, um, listeners all over the world. It's a fantastic thing. And I'm so grateful for all the people who listen. Uh, I'm going to give you about 15 more seconds and we will get started. Just because starting at the hour is sometimes a challenge for calls go over, whatever. Um, if you haven't had a chance, check out the poll. That is, if you scroll down, there is a poll and it is what is the most important insight or idea that you you gained from the ebook, What Matters in Ticketing Now?, um, it did not allow me to give you the opportunity to just give an answer. So I picked three things. One was experience, one was technology, and one was something else. So if it's something else, just click the something else box and let me know in the chat. This will inform all future webinars, all future ideas. Um, I am going to begin the webinar now. Um, so first of all, thank you for being here. This is What Matters in Ticketing Now. It is presented by me, Dave Wakeman, my little consulting company and my friends at Booking Protect. We created a brand new e-book e over the last...
uh, eight to 12 months, which is called What Matters in Ticketing Now. And it was an opportunity for us to ask 40 or more thought leaders from around the world what they thought was most important in the world of tickets now. If you don't have the ebook already, I would advise you to go over to the Booking Protect website, bookingprotect.com, visit the blog that's forward slash blog forward slash, and download a copy. There should be a box at the very top of the page that allows you to input your your email address and go ahead and sign in. It is um, you know, it is a great resource. People have found it to be extremely uh, useful, helpful, and I was really, really happy with the way it turned out, as was uh, Simon Mab, Booking Protect CEO, and Kat Spencer, who's the head of business development. Um, today, we're going to cover seven key ideas from the ebook with action items and insights that are going to make these, make these ideas and insights come to life for your business. Um, obviously, this is not a uh, holistic thing because with 40 different people's ideas in here, um, it would be very difficult to give everybody the full benefit of exposure. Uh, what we did look at was we we looked to uncover certain themes, certain ideas that were that came up over and over and over again, and that seemed to be the most important or the most pressing for people. So one thing that I wanted to do was to highlight these ideas, these trends, these thoughts, and put a few actions around them because most of the time, one of the th- I've learned over the last couple of years is that we get a good idea, but if we don't know how to t- put it to action then we struggle. So I wanted to help eliminate that by offering you up some action items and some of my point of view on this idea. Now, I started out this thing today, our webinar, by quoting a friend of mine, a guy called Ryan Kent, who works for Tickets for Less. And it says a fan's experience starts when they buy a ticket. And I thought Ryan Ryan's point was really great. And I thought it was a really great uh, way to start the webinar not because I necessarily believe that a client, their experience starts when they buy the ticket. I think it actually starts before, but it did highlight the very first trend that I wanted to highlight, which is that the entire experience matters. Um, in In the ebook, What Matters in Ticketing Now, 36 times experience was mentioned. Um, Experience was probably one of the, the, the second most mentioned idea in all of the ebooks um, and it was seemed to be as I was reviewing this and thinking through pulling the webinar together that customers are focused on their whole experience now more than ever before and it is up to us to give them a comprehensive and complete experience this is one of the reasons why I thought Ryan's quote was pretty interesting um, because thinking about the entire experience that we're going to offer people is not just good for the customer, it's good business. A statistic that I found while I was looking at things up was 86% of customers are willing to spend more on a good experience. Um, and what was even more fun involved in this was that 80, those 86% of consumers will spend more on great experiences. And for a lot of us, we sometimes end up thinking that our customers are always price sensitive. And the data shows that sometimes people are extremely price sensitive, but in a lot of cases, people aren't necessarily as price sensitive in situations where the experience is great, where they have a chance to connect with their 
friends and their families, their coworkers, prospects, clients. So focusing on giving people a holistic experience is incredibly good for business. But the question that many of us always come back to is how do we define a great experience? And this is something that I've thought a lot about over the years, um, but it means different things to different organizations. Uh, if you have had an opportunity to listen to the Business of Fun podcast, I've had numerous people on the podcast talk about the experiences or their experience going to the theater or their experience buying tickets or their experience working in the industry. Uh, one that is a really great example, if you go back and search the archives, is Peter Shankman, and he talked about his experience of going to the West End in London to see theater and how you had the ability to buy your intermission drink beforehand. Right. Or an example I would highlight is you can look at the NFL on location and how they sell complete vacation packages around the Super Bowl. But I don't want to just stop there because you can also look at events that add on items that are useful for folks like parking, uh, you know, the drinks, like I mentioned with Peter Shankman, uh, merchandise where I heard about uh, wrestling here in professional wrestling, the WWE in the United States, you can pre-order your merchandise and there'll be lines of people just going to, to purchase their or pick up the merchandise that they bought online before the event. Um, and there's a whole lot more, right? Um, a lot of times we forget what it's like to be a fan or a visitor to an event. And we don't, we don't keep in mind what will make person's life easier or better. Um, you know, so how we define a great experience is up to us. It's not necessarily um, a something that we can just take a template to and show off. It is something that we have to think through on a case-by-case -case basis, on a building-by-building -building basis. But the most important thing from the, fir the first trend is that people want a holistic experience. And creating holistic experiences for people is more and more valuable than ever before. And I'll ask a question and, and it'll pop up in here is, does that reflect the reality that many of you see when you are talking to customers, when you are running an event, when you are paying attention to how people are spending their money or investing their time with your organization? And if you don't want to put it in the chat, you can always email me. It's my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. But how do we put this idea of the holistic experience into action? And this is where the whole gist of this webinar is going to come together because I made sure to give each trend some action items. So the first action here is how do we take actions? Is let's map out the entire experience for folks. And what does that mean? You know, think about it through the eyes of the consumer. I have started to talk a lot about empathy in marketing lately, and it's because I've noticed over and over and over again that, unfortunately, too many venues, too many events, too many teams, too many um, productions, they only think about the customer or it feels like they only think about the customer through the eyes of a spreadsheet or through a cost-benefit analysis. And it's incumbent, if we're going to maximize the ability to create an entire experience that people are going to love and be willing to pay for is that we need to look at it through the eyes of the folks that are coming 
off their couch, out of their offices and coming to visit us. And so the question I want to ask to you as we're looking to put this into action is what can you add to elevate that experience? Some of the stuff is going to be simple, like parking or drinks, merchandise, accommodations, maybe dinner, um, partnering with local venues to create uh, food or beverage. Uh, maybe you have a local brewery and they create a beer just for your, your audience, anything like that. But think about what you can do to elevate the experience for your guests. Map that experience out. Ask yourself, well, how would it feel if this were happening to me? And take action on that. And I created a completely unscientific and incomplete list of ideas that we'll talk to that. The second action item that many of us can take is let's add to what folks love already. I think and I wish that I had the ability to add poll questions as I went. I probably should. This will be something I can do in the future. But figure out what it is that you already are doing that adds to the experience and highlight it. For many people, when I talk to, talk to organizations, I talk to businesses, I talk to venues, I talk to producers, oftentimes we don't recognize what the value of what we're already doing or we don't necessarily always understand what it is exactly we're doing that folks love. And my question is often, what would you do if you realized that there were things that you're doing that folks love and you didn't know, or you didn't recognize the value that people were putting in this part of the experience. And most of the time it's like a light bulb goes off for people because they think, well, I didn't know. I just assumed that people love this or they loved just the production or they're there just for because they always go to the theater or they always go to a games. Um, again, I'm going to lie back, fall back on some of the experiences of my guests on the podcast, but there is a young man called Colby Fackler, who is the uh, VP in charge of tickets with the Vancouver Whitecaps. And we talked about a story and a relationship that he had with a season ticket holder and why the season ticket holder came. And the story that the season ticket holder told Colby was, I go to Whitecaps games because I have a 14-year-old daughter and I am in my mid-40s and sometimes there's nothing we have to talk about. But we love to go to Whitecaps games and for three hours every other weekend, we have a chance to connect and be together as a family. And that was a really powerful story to me because I think a lot of times we don't necessarily put ourselves in the shoes of the people that we are serving. So then people come back to me and they go, well, how do we find out what people love? You know, what's the best way to find out how, what people love about us? And the secret is we ask. It's as simple as that. I think a lot of times people are afraid to, excuse me here, um, talk to their customers. They're afraid what, the, what, what they're going to find out. They're afraid that somebody's going to have a bad experience that they want to convey. They're afraid that they are going to tell them something that they can't fix in the moment. But the greatest gift that somebody gives you is being willing to share their experience, to tell you what happened, to share with you a good or bad thing that happened, because that means they cared, right? And 
the challenge you're always going to encounter is that if people share their opinion with you, you might not be able to solve it or they're going to tell you something you didn't know. But that should be looked at as a gift. So make sure you spend a little bit of time asking them what they want, what they like, what they didn't like, how they felt about it. And the final thing for taking action on the experience is hire for the results you desire. Um, a quote that I put actually in the ebook, What Matters in Ticketing Now, is I talked the story about when I first started working at the Seattle Theater Group in Seattle, in Seattle obviously, uh, back around 1999 or 2000. And I was hired for, because the guy that hired me, and I wish I remembered his name, said I had a friendly face. Um, the key to this, hiring for the result that you desire, is finding partners or staff that can help you achieve the best possible experience for your organization. So it might mean internally looking to elevate the role of customer service, or it might mean giving someone the responsibility of talking to guests at each event and find out what they want or why they are coming or what brings them back. Externally, you could be looking at what partners you can find that will allow you to offer a more comprehensive experience. You could look at partners, someone like Stay22 uh, and Frederick Awad, who has been on the podcast and who was on a panel with me at Intix, where we talked about offering accommodation options and allowing people to make a weekend or a date or a stayover for an event. Um, you could also look for local restaurant partners, like recently when I had a chance to visit the New York Philharmonic, and they have a relationship with Barbalood right across the street. Or as I mentioned before, you can look for some local artisan that has a special item that they can provide just for your venue. It could be brewing a special beer. It could be creating a special dessert. It could be um, screen printing t-shirts or posters for a, a special event or something. It doesn't matter. It's just looking for ways to elevate and partner with people who are going to give you a better, more comprehensive experience overall. And as an added bonus, we can also look at some of the, the new technologies um, that are going to expedite some of these troublesome parts of the experience. Uh, technology being one of the key things that came up over and over again. Um, we have so much new technology that will allow us to expedite scan in, uh, quicken payments, and uh, improve a lot of aspects of the event. So that's trend number one. How's everybody doing so far? Um, have Does this line up with every, what everybody's saying? Let me know in the chat window. Uh, the trend number two is customer focused. And what I find interesting about customer focus is that um, I'm often accused of being too customer focused and I don't know how that's possible. Um, but I wanna start out this trend by asking, what does customer focus mean for everybody? And again, let me know in the chat, or if you don't feel comfortable attaching your name to it, you can always email me. Again, davidavewakeman.com with your thoughts on what it means to be customer-focused for you. For me, customer-focused, it means having a certain amount of em empathy, which is a word that I used just recently when I was talking to about marketing. But it, it also means putting yourself in the customer's shoes, which also was a trend that came up in the ideas earlier from the holistic experience. Because the reality is, is we have one job, which is to create and keep customers. And 
you know, there's so much competition in the world today that we have to focus on what our customers desire and what they are willing to spend their money on. Because if not, someone else will. And this is really played out in, in the data that we're facing. Because right now, the experience economy is something that people are talking about regularly. Um, but if we don't maintain customer focus, because the experience economy is so competitive, uh, there's competition for people's dollars at every turn. Now, I couldn't find the exact number that people are spending in the experience economy because most of the time it was siloed or even on tickets alone, especially when you combine the secondary and the primary side. But my unscientific research said it was billions. And I know it's billions and it's somewhere between um, 10 and 15 billion um, if you combine both markets and you go globally. Um, but we are looking at people who are spending billions and billions of dollars each year on experiences. The challenge for many of us is, is that we don't realize what kind of competitive we advantage we own because people are already investing in experiences. So we need to be incredibly focused on giving them a little bit more of what they want. Again, to go back to my friend Peter Shankman, who was on my podcast earlier and who I've had the chance to talk to about this thing over and over again. He talks a lot about customer service and he says in the world today, you have to be just a little bit better than awful to get a competitive advantage. And what we have as people who are providing experiences for clients and guests and customers is we already have what people desire, right? Every time if you go to Broadway, Every eight performances a week, people are seeing something that they're never going to see ever before. It doesn't matter if the actors are all the same. Um, it's still live. It's still a new audience. There's still the possibility that something crazy could happen. It's the same reason you always go see a band like Pearl Jam or the Rolling Stones or U2 because they don't always play the same show every night. So we just have to take advantage of what we're already doing. And we do that by being customer focused. So how do we take action on being customer focused? I'm going to give you three ways. The first one is I want you to think about walking in your customer's shoes. And what does walking in your customer's shoes mean? It gets back to the word I was talking about earlier, which is empathy. But mainly it means looking at the event and thinking, what would this feel like if it happened to me? I have used in the past the example of asking yourself the question, what would it happen if it's happening to your mom or your wife or your son, your, your father, your partner, whatever. Think about what it means to be in the other person's shoes. That is like the most important thing of being customer focused. It is super, super important that you think about what it means to be a customer of your venue, to walk through the thing. Uh, Richard Howell, who was on the podcast, who's um, somebody I always see every time I'm in the UK, uh, he talked about as an industry, tickets seems to be the only industry that designs the ex buying experience and the experience from their point of view and not from the customer's point of view. It's incredibly important that we start putting ourselves in the view of our, in the shoes of our customers. The second action item I want you to think about, which is something, again, 
I'm almost noticing that I'm becoming consistent in what I'm sharing with you is hire the right folks, right? Make sure you're hiring people who are focused on the customer. Think back to when I was at the STG, hiring for a friendly face, um, you know, hire people who are specialists in customer service, hire for empathy, hire for compassion, hire for thoughtfulness, right? Make sure you're hiring for the right things. It's very, very important. Right. If you if you have somebody who doesn't really think of customers as an asset and as some like the most important part about your business, then maybe this isn't the right industry for them. Maybe this you don't have the right job for it. And number three is let's ensure that everyone knows customer service is everyone's job. Um, this was something that we highlighted at Intix this year, um, and this is a key component of what makes Booking Protect so great. A shameless plug for Booking Protect, but customer service is at the heart of the business, right? Customer service is the foundation that the business is built on. In my view, customer service is the most important form of marketing that you can do. And the idea that you're going to create a great organization that doesn't invest and highlight customer service is, I think, short-sighted and probably not realistic. So make sure that you highlight how important customer service is and ensure that it is everyone's job. It's super, super important. So let's move on to, well, before we do that, does everybody make, does that make sense to everybody? So far, so good. Let me know in the chat below. So the third trend that I wanna highlight today is communicating effectively. And actually, I had a stat that I wrote down that I should mention before I move on to communication was that in what matters in ticketing now, uh, the customer was mentioned 59 times. So that highlights to me that people understand and recognize the importance of customers when we're talking about creating an experience for folks. But moving on to trend number three, or idea number three, which is communicating effectively. And this was cool because I took this out of my notes and I applied it because I wanted to define communication as the ability to have our audience, our team, or stakeholders get the information they need when they need it and in a manner that enables them to use it effectively. And in the ebook, What Matters in Ticketing Now, 15 times communications or communicate was mentioned. And I pulled a great quote from... Angela Higgins, where Angela said on how clear and simple communication to our customers has never been more important than right now. We are having less direct conversations with our customers as our sales mix continues to evolve in favor of online and mobile devices. And I thought that sort of summed up why effective communications was so important because it matters because our customers are more distracted than ever before. We live in an on-demand, always-on communication environment. And communications have become so cluttered that it can be easier just to flip off a message without thinking. From our point of view, you know, trying to reach our customers. And our message is also competing with thousands or millions of other messages from all over the world, from all directions. Um, If somebody only has one inbox, 
let me know in the chat box below um, and I'll, I'll find some kind of prize for you because the reality is, is we're competing with, you know, we have inboxes all over WhatsApp, uh, Twitter DMs, LinkedIn messages, Facebook messages, or messenger messages, right? Our, e our inbox, probably if you're like me, you have a personal inbox and a professional inbox, right? Um, being effective and clear and concise in our, our, our communication is more important than ever before because people are constantly pulled in a hundred different directions or more all the time. So what do we do? How do we make this communicating work for us? One of the key things that I have come back to over and over and over again, and any of you that know me, is you recognize that I create a lot of content. I send out a lot of messages. Um, as I'm thinking about how to communicate with people, and customers and prospects and everybody I'm trying to reach and influence, I think about the five W's. If you need a remedial English course, I'm here to provide it today. Uh, but it's who, what, when, where, why, with the bonus being how. And those are super, super important questions to ask yourself because it helps make sure that your your message is targeted. It's focusing on what's the important communication piece that's coming through. What's that one message you can give to? Who are you trying to reach, right? You know, what are you going to say? How often are you going to say it? You know, why does it matter now? When should you be sending it out? It's, it's um, you know, it's super, super important. Um, so think about the five W's. Go back to elementary school, right? Uh, was that year... I think it would be like year five if you're in the UK. And I say that because I know there's a couple of friends from the UK on the podcast uh, or, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade in the States. The second idea is make sure you use the right medium. Figure out what is the medium that is going to allow you to best deliver the message. You know, not everyone is on Twitter, right? Um, most people who know me are going to know, hey, if I'm trying to reach Dave with a message, it's best to either send him a WhatsApp note a text or a DM on Twitter, right? But not everybody is, you know, and recognize that some messages shouldn't be delivered via virtual channel through email or through Twitter or through social media or a written letter. Some messages are better in person or on the phone. You know, some, some, message, some people receive information differently than others. So you need to recognize all these things and make sure you pick the right medium that is best for the way you're trying to deliver the message. And then finally, be consistent. Absolutely be consistent when you're talking about this thing, right? We live in a world where your first message may get lost in the crowd, right? So you need to think about making certain that the folks that are receiving your message are going to be willing to deliver it several times, right? And that you're going to recognize that people aren't going to necessarily get it the first time. That you're going to nece not necessarily be able to um, count on that first message getting through. So you're going to need to think about delivering it multiple times to ensure that it gets through to people. Does this make sense to everybody? Okay, can everybody hear me now?
Everybody can hear. Okay, great. Sorry about that. I think that had a different um, something to do with my microphone. But so many messages. Let's, so why isn't our marketing breaking through? Like I mentioned before, it's so too many messages, too many demands on our time. And a lot of times our marketing isn't designed to be effective. Now, I created just for you a completely... total list of all the reasons our marketing isn't getting through the spam too many social media advertising in in the mail billboards on the train banner ads right um it's no wonder and the reality when we think about why our marketing isn't getting across is that again in a scientific study that's completely unscientific that i did is that i discovered that the average person is hit with over five thousand messages a day I would say if my experience is anything like yours, 5,000 seems like a minimum. And more importantly, if people are getting hit with 5,000 or more messages a day, how are you going to stand out in the world that, that we exist in? How is your message going to break through? So let's take some actions. The first thing is we want to build the right message. I mean, this comes down to the most essential thing of marketing, which is maybe the first lesson is you got to get noticed. But the second part would be expressing the value of why people should be paying attention to you, working with you, or listening to you as opposed to someone else. That's it. That's what building the right message is all about. Build the right message, build it based on the value you create, and make sure it's focused. The second action here is aim your message in the right direction. I have this three-question framework that I use for strategy when I'm working on strategy workshops or working with people around strategy, and it goes like this. It's pretty simple. Um, it goes, number one, the first question you ask yourself is, what is the value I am creating for the people I'm serving? The second question is, who am I? Who is the buyer? Who's the person who's actually going to spend money on this? And then the third person question is, how are we going to reach them? Um, this is the, se the, the second question. The second idea, the second action is most important. Aim your message at the people who are going to make the decision to buy, that are going to be impacted by what you're trying to sell. them. So that's number two. And then number three is make sure you're using the right medium. Over and over and over again, I've come back to this idea that what a lot of us think we're doing as marketing and advertising isn't as effective as it needs to be because we aren't putting it in the right place. So make sure that you are using the right medium. Make sure that 
you're not just falling back on the old idea that, hey, this is great. Um, this is the way we've always done things. Um, we definitely got to put the full page ad in the local paper um, because that's what we've done. Um, an inc incredible story that someone shared with me is about an NFL team that has an extremely old uh, fan base. And they were trying to push, 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 push to go everything digital because digital is going to solve all the problems in the world from what I understand. Um, and their season ticket holders revolted because most of the people were too old. They didn't use email all the time. They didn't care about digital. And to force people to do that would have meant gutting their season ticket base. Um, that's illustrative of making sure that you're using the right medium to get your message across. It's super, super important. And especially in the world today where folks are really, really trying to um, make sure that you get your message across, you got to make sure that you're giving people the message that they want in a way that they are willing to receive it. Is everybody good? Can everybody hear me now? I probably should have just used the microphone for my podcasting. So um, let that be a lesson for my next podcast. Number five is on-time marketing, which was a, I must give credit where credit is due because I was not necessarily super familiar or comfortable with a lot of the ideas about real-time marketing. So I turned to my friend, uh, Mike Guffrey, who is at MJ Guff on the Twitter for helping me with this. He was extremely valuable uh, in coming up with the ideas that fill out, you know, that filled out this part of the webinar. So I asked, do I have a definition, right? And so the definition that we came up with is it simply means being in the right place at the right time when the customer is looking for you. And that seems fairly simple, except for with websites and social media and all these tools, we feel like we all we already are there. But is it is it actually true? Are we actually doing this? So Mike gave me three 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 ways to make sure that you are really taking advantage of the on-time marketing tools that we have available to us. So the first thing is use the bid seat system. And that means we want to focus on higher purchase intent individuals, which often costs us more money but the data shows that it works. Um, Mike comes with, from a largely sports background, but this I think applies no matter where we're looking. Um, we focus on demographic data, um, whether or not, as opposed to whether or not the person actually has money and intent to buy. Um, and a lot of this data doesn't necessarily indicate much. You know, prior online history combined with other data sets gives us a much better picture of who the customer is and what actions they're likely to take. So the first thing is, is we want to use the bid system. The second point Mike wanted to make was we want to combine pay-per-click with SEO. So most clicks focus on the top results and then the first page. But if you show up as an ad in the top and then with a strong SEO listing underneath, it dramatically plays in your favor. In the States, um, Mike says this is why Vivid Seats and StubHub love to link all their box scores on the site. It gives them a little traffic, but it really helps with being killer at SEO and it helps drive back, uh, linking back to them in a high quality manner. 
So I thought that was really helpful because um, I, you know, I didn't recognize some of these things. And then what was really interesting to me is focusing on the website. So number three is focusing on our website. Um, you want to focus on the website just as much as on SEO and pay-per-click um, because every second your page takes the load, there is a huge decrease in the conversion percentage. And it same goes for pricing correctly. Every adjustment, no matter what, or no matter how small matters. You can be the greatest at PPC and SEO and tickets, but if your pricing strategy is not up to par, your conversion rate is going to drop dramatically. So the same applies to the page quality. Um, and Mike summed it all up by saying all of these things matter. The entire thing matters. So Mike's big things were use the bid system, combine pay-per-click with the C, uh, with SEO, and focus on your website. With this on-time on, on time marketing idea, I'm going to be curious that if anybody has experience with this and anybody, this reflects anybody's reality. If so, send me an email, dave at davewakeman.com, and let me know what it looks like from your point of view because I'm curious about this stuff. Um, from the tech side, that's not necessarily been always my strongest area of emphasis. So I'm curious to see what everybody else is dealing with, everybody else has learned. So number six is keep it simple. Um, simple came up only four times in the ebook, What Matters in Ticketing Now. But simplicity in the idea of helping people make the purchase process or the visiting the venue process or going to a show or an event part of the process was at the heart of a lot of the answers. Um, so, so I think the point that, that really came to me was that we live in a frictionless economy now. And one of the most important things was people want everything faster and simpler uh, thank you, Amazon. Amazon has given us one-click purchasing so that now everything else we do seems like a complete pain in the butt. Things that we used to be patient about, we now have no use for, right? I think um, I'm going to think about logging into Webinar Ninja today. Um, I couldn't remember my password. So then it took three clicks to get the password reset so I could log in to do the po the, do the webinar. Um Think about it like this. How many clicks does it take to buy a ticket off of a website, right? One of the, I'm so sorry um, about this, but I had to buy some tickets on Ticketmaster recently and the number of t different tickets that when I went to the window, the number of clicks it took me to get my digital ticket after I bought the ticket at the window because they wouldn't give me card stock was two or three and it was like, this sucks and I don't want to do it anymore. So think about that for everybody we're dealing with. We just want everything faster. We want everything simpler. We want everything to be on demand. And that's playing out in everything we do. So how do we apply this to the world around, around us? So let's take some actions. The first thing begins, and I think this is a theme, um, which if you haven't caught on, is that you need to shop yourself. You need to spend some time Asking yourself, what does this feel like if I were the customer, right? I think the um, 
the issue that I had when I went to the XFL game the other day where I had to go click through five or six different things when I went to the box office window to buy the tickets is indicative of, sure, it's great for the XFL and it's great for the team and it's great for Ticketmaster that they made me give them my cell phone number, um, go to the box office, give my cell phone number, click through some things, set up my login, log into my account, do all these things. But is that best for the customer? And so the second part of this is like, make sure that you ask yourselves, is this best for us or is it best for our customer? This is sort of at the heart of what Richard Howell talked about on an earlier podcast that I mentioned before. And then the third thing is, is like you don't need necessarily needlessly clutter the buying path, right? Well, we might not be able to be Amazon, but we can eliminate a lot of needless stuff, right? Every We need to ask it every question. Is this in elevating the experience? Is this enhancing the experience? Is this adding to what we are doing? So make sure that you add ask that question. So shop yourselves. Ask yourself if it's for us or for the customer. And don't clutter the path. So number seven, the final one, is flexibility. And I know what you're saying to me right now is, didn't you just talk about simplicity? It's true. But my research tells me people are complicated. Um, as much as they want simplicity, they also want flexibility. So how do we define flexibility? To me, it means that we give people what they want when they want it. And the question I kept coming back to is, can we really be flexible? And I think the answer is yes, because we have to. And so I want to define flexibility as like, we should think about defining it for us as giving people the ability to customize their experience in a way that is comfortable to both us and to the customer. And so how do we, how do we end up giving people flexibility? Flexibility. Well, we allow them choice in the purchase process, right? We might allow them to have refund protection, right? Or we might allow them to add on a hotel, parking, a drink, some merchandise. Um, while trying to walk the line between simplicity and flexibility, you know, you might want to you might want to be able to like I said, give them room for add-ons, right? Some things that are going to be very, very important. Um, think of the WWE example that I used at the start, allowing people to have the opportunity to purchase an experience or add to their experience or buy a T-shirt so you don't have to stand in line for the T-shirt, even though in the case of WWE, you end up standing in line to pick up your T-shirt. It goes faster, but give people room for this. And at the same time, Maybe you recognize that some people don't want the whole big package. They may just want some kind of bare bones experience. They might just want the bare minimum. It, it might be they just want to get in the door, right? And so we want to give people the opportunity to do that as well. And probably the most important thing that I learned, both for flexibility, simplicity, but just in general, from this entire exercise of putting together this ebook was this is a constant battle right no matter as fast as we solve one problem or one challenge or give people one thing they want they're going to want something different that's just the nature of the world we live in that's just the nature of consumer preference because 
when we feel like we can have everything we want as fast as we want all the time when we want, then we want it, right? And so it's going to be a constant battle to reinvent and add value to the experience over and over and over again. Um, you know, and and that was just consistent across everything, buddy, I talked to and everything I did. But let's get to some conclusions. As I just mentioned, we can't stand still. There's nothing more important than realizing that we can't stand still, that we are always going to have to be willing to revisit our offer and adjust according to what our customers say they want and what they signal that they want with their purchases and their intentions. The second idea and takeaway is that people are complicated. You you can't just take one opinion as the absolute correct answer, right? And you have to recognize the idea that what I tell you today is likely not going to be the same thing I tell you tomorrow. People are complicated. They're always changing their mind. They're always wanting something. Uh, The shiny object is always everybody's best friend. The third thing is consistency is king. We need to focus on being consistent in our marketing and communications. And this need for consistency is likely only going to become greater in the years ahead. As I mentioned earlier on, um, over 5,000 impressions and ask for, not even ask, demands for attention fall on the average person each and every day. So breaking through that to get our message heard is not going to happen by chance. It's not going to be luck. It's going to take planning, an understanding of value, and consistency over and over and over again. Number four is technology is advancing at such a rate that we have the ability to offer our guests everything they could possibly want. But the challenge that many of us are facing is that we need to make sure that we aren't just technology obsessed, but that we realize that the technology is a tool to allow us to better serve people. It goes back to that idea that sort of was at the heart of the Ritz-Carlton's customer service mantra years and years and years ago. It's ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. We have to keep an an eye on the fact that we have all these great tools, these great ideas, these great things that we can do, but it all comes back to people serving people. And that's the final point, which is that no matter what we do, we need to remember to focus on people. For better or for worse, we are in a people business. And probably the one winning strategy that all of us can take back to our organizations or take to anything that we're doing is that doing the basics better is probably always going to be a winning strategy. And I learned that line from a a book that I read over the weekend about doing the basics better by a guy called Trevor Moad. And it's called, it takes what it takes. Um, And it, and the thing he said, the lesson that he wants to leave with his clients who are mostly professional athletes, and he is a mental skills coach is it takes what it takes, but doing basics better. And to me, that seemed to be the key idea at the heart of the ebook. What matters in ticketing now is let's do the basics better. So, Next steps, right? Because not understanding if I have an hour or not, and it's going to stop me at 60 minutes. I'm at 57 minutes, so I want to make sure we get through everything here. Next steps is if you haven't already, connect with me 
and Booking Protect, right? You can find Booking Protect at their website. That's www.bookingprotect.com. You can visit me on my website. It's davewakeman.com. So check us out there. If you dug the dug the webinar, visit Booking Protect's company page. Give them a like or and leave them a LinkedIn comment or LinkedIn message. Tell us what you learned. Tell us what you thought was, was great. You know, share with us some ideas. If you want to reach me, send me an email. It's dave at davewakeman.com. If you want to send Booking Protect an email, info at bookingprotect.com. Let us know exactly what you what, what's, what, what you thought of the webinar, what you learned, what you would like to continue to learn, because we're going to try to do a few more of these uh, as we go forward. If you don't already, make sure you sign up for my newsletter. It comes out every Friday. It's called Talking Tickets. Five top stories from the week that was with a quick analysis and some action items. Um, a shorter, more condensed, more intense version of basically this webinar where I keep an eye out on the world around us and make sure that we're focusing on the ideas and the opportunities that are going to help us grow our business. As I mentioned before, um, the Business of Fun podcast is great, great, great resource for people. People love it. Um, thousands of people all over the world each month. Um, listen to and download the podcast. You can get it almost everywhere now. So check that out. If you don't already, offer your guests refund protection. I can't say this enough. It is one of the most valuable tools that you have in your arsenal to ensure that people feel like they have a simple but flexible and customizable opportunity during their purchase path. Um, the platform's great. The customer service is world-class. Um, Make sure if you've been thinking about it, reach out to Abby or Simon or Kat or Kath, uh, anybody at the Book and Protect office and check out the opportunity that you have to offer your guests refund protection. We have some new workshops and experiences that are coming and will be announced in March. Um, they're very exciting. I will probably run a little bit of a survey in the talking tickets this week to see if the two or three ideas that I have for the workshops um, are valuable to you. So let's make sure that um, keep an eye out for those. And most importantly is I just want to make sure that no matter what you do, we are resources. Um, you always reach out to me, always reach out to Abby. Always reach out to Kat or Kath or Simon. We are all resources to you. So reach out. Let us know, you know what's working for you, where you're struggling, what, what you have questions about, what you're looking for ideas about. Um, we want to be resources to you, and we want to be a partner of yours in your continued success. So finally, thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, if you found something valuable, let me know. Send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. Go over to Booking Protect's LinkedIn page. Give them a like. Um, connect with them. Let them know what you thought was awesome about this today or what you were really surprised to learn. Um, and we're going to look to do some more of this stuff. It's uh, great. Um, hopefully everybody dug it. Everybody enjoyed it. And I hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you soon. So thank you so much. All right. Thanks, everybody. And one final thing, a recording of this will be available uh, later today, unless I completely messed up the recording process. So thank you again.